0: we're live let's do it let's do it well how are you Perlito? i
1: am doing fantastic it's beautiful today it actually feels like a friday but it's like tuesday
0: yeah it does feel like a friday it's been so hot in la Mm -hmm. it's been really nice going to the beach and whatnot
1: i know it's like that crisp like clear blue sky day, you know, it's perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect day for a podcast. Podcast. Yeah. day for a podcast. <laughs> I
0: agree. <laughs> well, we can start this episode with just some good little fashion news updates because there's yes. a lot. Well, there's always a lot happening, always. but I think there's some fun things that have come out. So hmm. first off, I woke up this morning, went on Instagram like I always do.
1: Yeah. Is this your normal routine? What do you do? It. It's,
0: <laughs> I've gotten into a bad routine because...
1: <laughs> like as soon as your eyes like peer open are you staring into insta or is that not immediate is it like do you gradually like reach for the phone or do you just say i'm awake and then you go for the phone like what's how do you do it
0: my eyes open my brain (laughs) kicks in and goes you're awake and then my brain says don't go grab the phone (laughs) don't do it you do it every day don't do it but the thing is when i start to look at my phone it does wake me up
1: it does it does yeah
0: so I try not to, especially if I'm trying to go back to sleep. But mm-hmm. if I'm like, no, I need to be up. I need to like hit the gym or something. I'll mm-hmm. grab my phone because it wakes me up. Yes. So I did that today because I had to go to the gym. I grabbed my phone and I was like just going through like stories, you know, my friends, whatever. Boom. Rihanna, Rihanna on the cover
1: of Vogue. Gorgeous. Oh, that's Insane. Beautiful. I-, I think she's, she is basically an epitome of any style of fashion like and and who knew that we needed um a pregnant rihanna to show us how stylish she still can be without limits do you know what i mean absolutely like it, it she's like basically coming out with all these looks that are just so in it, it like blows my mind that We don't even think of her as a pregnant woman at this point. She is just like a fashion icon, period. Like regardless if she's pregnant or not, if she's like in the middle of like working in the garden, if she's grocery shopping, if this woman is like washing her car, it does not fucking matter. Do you know what I mean? Her style, her choices, the looks... I mean. So we're, we're
0: going to post this in the show notes, but definitely go take a look. She's on the cover of Vogue for May 2022, and she's wearing a strapless, orange, somewhat see-through, transparent bodysuit with mm-hmm. this gorgeous design. And it's it's like chest down, all the way down her legs, and mm-hmm. she's wearing a lot of gloves and shoes, too. Uh,
1: basically, it's like a floral lace jumper. Right? Yeah. Jumpsuit.
0: Yeah, it's like a like a cat suit. Oh, my God. A jumpsuit.
1: I, and I'm speechless. It's, it's so gorgeous. It's so good.
0: <laughs> and what's so cool is I think that Rihanna is kind of, she's beloved by everyone, men, women, young, yeah. old, whatever. She's kind of like Oprah, mm-hmm. where it's like, she's a one-liner. She's, you know, one name. It's like Prince or Oprah. It's yeah. Rihanna. That's it. That's it. And everyone loves her. Like, she can do no wrong. And I think that especially in today's age with just people becoming more accepting of different body types and people dressing a certain way, Right now for her to be coming out pregnant with these looks and for everyone to be giving her her flowers for it Mm. is just so amazing to see. And I think she is completely transforming maternity dressing, maternity Mm. clothing. Mm -hmm. And what's really funny is I saw in the um, article, that she said, when I found out that I was pregnant, I thought to myself, there's no way I'm gonna go shopping in no maternity aisle, I'm (laughs) sorry. It's just too much fun to get dressed up. I'm not gonna let that part disappear because my body is changing. And it's so true. I think that there is this like bad connotation where women are, you know, they find out that they're pregnant and then they have to go get the sweatpants yeah. or, you know, like start dressing over. like frumpy yeah. and you absolutely, she is showing you do not, and you should be embracing it because it's your body and it's a beautiful thing. You're changing and you're creating life. Like why not embrace that and show that for the world?
1: And and the fact she said like her body is constantly changing. She's not like... She's like celebrating those journey. Like she's celebrating those moments in the journey of her body changing. You know, it's like it's a celebration. You're 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 pregnant, you have a you're expecting a beautiful child and then on top of everything else she doesn't like create boundaries for herself. She's creating these outfits that are just so fashion forward too and so beautiful and so elegant regardless if she's pregnant or not. I just find that to be so beautiful. Yeah. You know. It's stunning. But yeah. Fashion news. Rihanna's on the cover of Vogue wearing Aliyah. It's almost inspired by Look 28. I know we looked at the look. Yeah. And uh, the look was originally a dress. Um, and then if you look at the original dress itself, the bottom of the dress had fur trim. And then, But then the uh, the look that ended up making it to the cover of Vogue was the same fabric, same color, same lace, same pattern. The only difference is they turned it into a jumpsuit. Yeah. Which I was like, I, if I could be in that creative space and just be a fly in the wall, listening to them create the final look, I would love that.
0: Yeah. Like, I really wonder how it came about. Like, you know, Rihanna attended all the events, you know, and all the shows in Paris. I wonder if she saw the Elia show or maybe her stylist or someone from her team and was like, she has the Vogue cover coming up. This would be amazing. But also the eye to see that walk across or a photo or whatever and go, okay, we need to do this and we need to cut it and we need to take the fur off. And like that whole process and the way that that one even goes down into how that even like how they actually make that happen from one garment to another Mm
1: -hmm. is so cool. It's so cool because... You know, we don't know necessarily is it per se because I I would love to believe. Is it Rihanna? Is it our stylist? Is it somebody on our team? If, if just to know that process, I think it would be so fun, so interesting. And so like, I don't know, for a fashion nerd like me, I would be mind blown by it.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> <You> really, <know? laughs> like, totally. And I really wish that there were more documentaries that followed stylists or followed someone like Rihanna where we can kind of get that more behind-the-scenes feel of how that really goes down because these stylists who work for these big celebrities, they, they've developed these amazing relationships with houses, with creative directors, mm-hmm. with PR teams. So they're really able to work their magic and make these things that you would think wouldn't it be possible happen mm-hmm. because they've made these really strong connections. Yeah. So to kind of get an inside look into that, because I think that's an aspect of personal styling, especially for celebrities that people don't really understand is they mm-hmm. think, Oh, you know, like they see something really cool at sex and they put on their client. A lot of the time, some pieces are completely custom or they're, you know, archived and because they have these intimate relationships, they're able to make these really special things happen.
1: So, Okay, so remember when we did um, uh, Andre Leon Talley's episode and then the book Chiffon Trenches was mentioned? Do you remember that? Yeah. So because of that episode, I went ahead and went on Amazon. I was like probably like later that day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this book. Oh, my God. Are you reading it? Okay, so I bought it. I'm reading it. And um, you have to read it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because there were some things in there that um, I discovered because of the book. But... Um, just to tie it into what we're talking about so like um, when Andre Leon Talley moved to Paris the position became available because the original person is moving to New York so then they were like you know you should go for this position so he was like okay so WWD I think he was trying to go for that position WWD moved to Paris and um, when he got the position he was promoted to this position when he got the position he moved to paris and then, once he landed he was met by carl lagerfeld and so he went to carl lagerfeld he went to their house and then they went to this like local restaurant that they love on one side of the table was Karl Lagerfeld and his entire team. Oh, my God. And then on the other side of the table was Yves Saint Laurent and his whole entire team. Stop it. And this is how they brought, this is how they welcomed him to Paris. They were personal friends of his. And then when um, Yves Saint Laurent showed the 1978 couture collection, and that was that Porgy and Yes, Beth, yes. He gave Andre Leon Talley the first preview of the collection itself before it hit the runway. And so like the only reason I'm saying this is because, you know, to be a part of Rihanna's experience in that process, as they like travel to see all these different fashion houses, we don't know their relationships with all these different, uh, either editors or uh, fashion designers, or blah blah, they could just literally be the same exact. Uh, experience that André Lian and Tally had where they are just like literally just friends and they are totally. just hanging out and they are like, I want you to see this collection before it hits the runway, you will get the first preview for WWD. Totally. And you know I, I think I mean?
0: that's what's like really exciting about being in this fashion, you know, world and industry is that, yeah, it is a really big industry. But at the same time, it is really small too. And I think other people in other industries, it's the same thing. It's all about your connections. It's how long you're in it. It's how hard you're kind of... You know, getting outside, meeting other people, making connections in, mm-hmm. you know, this podcast, we reflect on it all the time and we will in this episode, too, is it's been really amazing to kind of put our two networks together and then friends of friends networks mm-hmm. and our guests of guests networks and yeah. just expand our community and our you know, invisible thread family even further and that has helped us like in our careers going forward of like going on a shoot. We need someone for suits. We need Mm -hmm. someone for nails. We're like, we got you. We have this person, we know, this person. And it's so exciting and, um, really cool. So yep. Rihanna was on the cover. Super amazing. Great for just like the fashion industry and humanity to see like a pregnant person fully embracing her body in this way. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. Um, And another fun thing, well, her baby daddy, ASAP Rocky, (laughs) he's doing a collab with Mercedes right now, which is pretty cool too. And, you know, we've talked a lot about collaborations and how those kind of work. Do they make Mm -hmm. sense? This one is a little interesting. Um, I guess ASAP Rocky has been working exclusively with Pac Sun. And also his creative agency, AWGE. And what he's creating is a gender-neutral collection of revamped streetwear and lifestyle pieces. Um, And I guess this is going to play on the cultural significance of Mercedes-Benz in hip-hop and in New York fashion. Um, And each piece of clothing is represented with a large blue and yellow Mercedes-Benz logo. And the AWGE logo in yellow, blue, or red. All the pieces are inclusive with unisex designs. And there's going to be bomber jackets, sweatpants, long sleeve t-shirts, hoodies and hats. So I don't know. This will be very interesting to see. I think it's kind of cool just because F1 and, you know, people's fandom for that has really exploded recently Mm -hmm. with Netflix and people really paying attention to like, you know, these drivers and, and also their influence in fashion. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is very involved in fashion mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool to see how now fashion is getting into that space.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Lewis Hamilton was actually one of the attendees of that super exclusive Balenciaga um, haute tour first, the, their very first runway since they closed the haute the tour. He was one of the guests Yeah, that was there. I saw
0: like Selma Hayek like went right to him and she's like, hi. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he was there. And then there was like a singer as well. Kanye was there. Uh, Of course, Anna was there. Edward. Bella Hadid. All of them. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that he was there because he is a race car driver. Yeah.
0: But he's like a cultural icon. And also, he did a collaboration with Tommy Hilfiger. Like he did, like a whole whole spread, like a whole collection.
1: Oh wow! So
0: he's very involved in fashion, and he's just like a gorgeous human being. So love him.
1: I'm excited for that whole ASAP collab because I don't know when we uh, when I first started to kind of like deep dive him too, like just to understand his evolution and like how he was probably the uh, first. In terms of not maybe the very first, but like he was wearing like really uh, tight jeans, um, and, and during that time, like when the rappers were coming out, a lot of the aesthetic was like baggy, oversized, you know, n- less uh, less fashion, but more just like comfortable wear, street wear, etc. And so a- ASAP was probably one of the very first to not really want to go that exact route he wanted to kind of create his own aesthetic his own look uh and he did it without any apology he just was like this is what i want to wear i don't care tight jeans even if nobody else is doing that i'm doing that you know
0: I mean, this baby coming out of Rihanna with him and her and their fashion sense and the connection. This is gonna
1: be like this
0: is gonna be like the coolest fashion kid of all time. I think this might be like the next generation of like a Karl Lagerfeld.
1: I mean, royalty. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is like fashion royalty.
1: Well, the fact their connections are so deep, and, and obviously we don't even see most of them. We only see what happens when it hits the cover, or if the dress is profiled in an event. Their connections are so deep. If you combine them both, this child will have access to basically anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Limitless. It's going
0: to be the coolest kid of all time.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for that too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to
0: see what the baby looks like and, and all of that. Um but yeah, and then the last little fashion update, just because this is fun, and I was paying attention to it. And Vogue got the exclusive on all the photos. Was Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham just recently got married? Yeah, congratulations at her, to them. Yeah, congratulations to them. Um, and they're they got married in Florida, in Palm Beach, at like her family's estate. And she wore a custom Valentino haute couture gown,
1: Mm. which was
0: very simple. It Mm -hmm. was very simple in...
1: Long train.
0: Yeah, super long train. But the detail really came in the gloves and also in her veil. It was Mm -hmm. just like this really beautiful lace that draped and her hair and makeup looked stunning. And so she did wear... Um, the Versace platform shoes in a white pearlescent fabric and they were custom for her for the day. And, you know, photos came out and people are really, I don't know, it's a controversial thing. People are saying they hate it. Some people are saying they love it. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Perlita?
1: Well, i you know, for me, you know, when whenever you see two different styles kind of come together, it could either go one of two ways. It could either go like a perfect marriage and the combination of the two heightens the, the aesthetic or you could go in a way where you're like, what the hell is that? Like yeah. that does not make <laughs> sense. You know, what What the hell was she thinking? We, we should probably ask her, you know, what fashion regrets do you have in your <laughs> life? Yeah. Yeah. This might be one of them, but, um, I think I think the relationship between the Versace platform and the elegance of the Valentino gown was too far for me. It didn't work.
0: I agree. And you know what? She could have done a custom shoe shoe from, um, Louboutin. She could have done Jimmy Choo. She could have mm-hmm. done a. John Venito Rossi, gorgeous heel. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that it was the appropriate time. Maybe if she had changed into, and I know that she did have multiple outfit changes. Those Mm -hmm. have yet to come out. The only one that they've shown in Vogue right now is what she actually got married in, like her ceremonial uh, wedding gown. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if she were to have switched into a shorter or a midi or something that was more fun, I would have been like so into it.
1: Or if she did this, because, you know, like, you know, we just got, off of uh, the whole Ongina episode with the drag queen, if she did a shoe reveal and that train ripped off, and then Ooh. It, it like <laughs> ripped off into like a short mini or like some kind of like pencil skirt or something that's a little bit more modern with the platforms, I think that would have been so much. It would have been cooler.
0: You yeah, know? it would. It would have been the moment for the shoe. I don't think this is a moment for the shoe, but this is also something you know. I work with brides in styling and. It, this is not a time to take a risk. It's not a time to, you know, you don't want to have any regrets. You want it to be something that you'll look back in twenty years and go, you know what, timeless. Yeah. I would still wear that right now. And I don't know. This could be a little fashion regret for her, but she
1: may have to do another merit, like another vow, another ceremony, exchange, yeah, yeah, just and just switch out the shoes to fix the shoes. But you but know,
0: you know, good kudos that. to them. They got married in uh, mazeltov so. Those are a little fashion updates. We're going to start to kind of incorporate these into the episodes a little Mm -hmm. bit. So we hope that you all will enjoy that and kind of learn a little bit more about what's happening in the industry going forward. Um,
1: And just to change the pace a little bit, because normally we'll like jump into an interview or what have you, but I think it would be cool if we like interviewed each other. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) And just like ask like, you know, whatever questions that may come to mind, like in, in terms of like, you know, where you're at, especially like we're now coming away from the pandemic and things are slowly getting back to normal, but just to bring it back to that time, bring it back to that space, how do you think the pandemic has ha- affected you personally and in your career? And not only that, how do you think the pandemic has changed the fashion industry as a whole?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people feel like this, yes, that the pandemic has been going on for two plus years and people, you know, change a lot in that time frame just without a pandemic, just two years in your life, you can really change. But I think we all went through a really traumatic, crazy experience that we hopefully will never have to go through that type of trauma and that type Mm -hmm. of crazy shift in our life in almost every aspect at one time, whether or not you were ready for it or not. Mm -hmm. And kind of just letting go of control, I think, was really interesting for us to all see as humanity, how, Mm -hmm. how we react to that. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I was, I felt like I was in a really good place in my career. I was working for, A company called Moda Operandi. I was doing virtual styling for them. And I have to say that I I really loved my position. Like Mm -hmm. I loved what I was doing. I felt like it was appropriate for where I was at at that time. You know, there's been times in my fashion career that I'm like, not that I feel like I was better than that, but I wanted to develop better skills. I Mm -hmm. wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to push myself. And I felt like I was almost like stuck and I wasn't growing. And at Moda, I really felt like I was growing. I was learning different skill sets and I was truly enjoying the process mm-hmm. and like my day-to-day I like loved it and when I got laid off I was like devastated I yeah. like couldn't believe that like I had found this job that I was really genuinely enjoying and then and was ex- successful at and then got laid off really abruptly
1: how and, long how long were you at Moda before you got laid off almost a year oh wow
0: yeah I got laid off in June and it would have been a year in August and you know what I think since then it really pushed me. It pushed me to like pick myself up. It pushed me to start a fashion podcast. Like I would have never have done this if Mm -hmm. I were probably still working at Moda. And like just to have that time for myself and then to also push myself to go, you know what, I'm younger than I thought that I would be to start doing freelance again in full full on freelance, like my own business. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I have no other choice. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it gave me, it it like forced me into the position that I am now and I'm so grateful for that Mm -hmm. and I also feel like I take more risks now like I'll reach out to people which like I wouldn't have reached out to them before and I'm like unapologetic about it or you know like I I'll try to make like more connections or you know I just feel like I'm a little bit more fearless in a way yeah and i and i feel i don't know it's empowering
1: it is isn't it yeah especially like going from one to the other and noticing the difference between the two like it is empowering because now you know you can do it whereas before you're just like well i'm already i have a great job i love my job i'm successful there really is no need for me to go there do you know what i mean yeah
0: and it's scary and there isn't like certainty about it and i think for me too like I like the grind and I like working really hard and I like putting my head down. And so, you know, when you're in freelance and I talk about this a lot with like my friends who are actors or actresses or artists and in kind of a freelance space where there's so many ebbs and flows to how your work is going. And there's certain months where I'm so busy that I'm like, I need an assistant. How am I going to do this? I'm like pulling my hair out. Mm -hmm. And then there's other months where I'm like, Oh my God, like I I need more jobs. I need to book a photo shoot. I need to try to do this. And it's like, constantly trying to figure out your next angle of what you're going to do or what you can, how you can push your career along. Mm -hmm. And there's times where you just don't have that control over Mm -hmm. where you're, you know, what that month is going to play out and kind of getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable (laughs) in those spaces has actually been, I think, good for me in every aspect of my life of just kind of letting go of control and going, you know what, maybe I am too busy for myself. Maybe I am not as busy as as i like to be, but I can't do anything about it right now. So Mm -hmm. instead of like freaking out about it and spiraling, let me just like figure out a coping mechanism and move on to the next day and try to book something or reach out to someone or just try to make it work. Mm -hmm. And that for me has been a really good like life lesson.
1: Yeah. And it's like we can't control every nuance of our life. I think that's what what makes life so interesting too because the journey is a lot it's like 90 percent of the experience and if we're so like and we're not like actually observing the process and the magical aspect of the growth we could miss a lot from that you know yeah yeah so I think yeah like having
0: perspective like of where I've been in those two years I think yeah it is kind of that personal growth that I don't know if I would have gotten outside of a pandemic, outside of getting laid off and starting my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all those times that I'm like crying on, you know, (laughs) the kitchen counter being like, how am I going to do this? So. But yeah, the industry has changed like incredibly too. I would love to hear from your perspective, like how that's changed um, while being at Prada, like how that's changed and also like visual representation of collections or just how the pandemic has encompassed all of that.
1: I think for, for me, well, first, like, you know, when I was in the pandemic on a personal level, I was like in a relationship. And then as the pandemic went on, the relationship didn't last or it just didn't work. So I uh, I personally was going through a lot, but then also professionally I was also given an opportunity because my current position that I was in cuz I was working for Mumu as their West Coast Visual, that position was being eliminated. So then Oh, I
0: don't e- I didn't even know this.
1: Yeah. So then I had to make a decision if I wanted to go into uh, the division that they were offering me at the time. And so for Prada, um, which was amazing because the brand still believed in me and they still wanted to hold on to me as an employee, just in a different capacity. So then personally and professionally, literally at the same time, I was going through so many different levels of changes, you know? And the world and and <laughs> and on top of that, the world was going in a fucking toilet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's
0: like a lot to handle. It,
1: it was actually. I I you know, not that I think about it, I don't even know how I did it, but yeah. I think you know, when we when you're in these moments, you're just like day by day, moment by moment and just kind of like do the best you can for what you have, you yeah, know? Yeah,
0: and what you can control. And what
1: you can control because I think, you know, you spoke to like starting the podcast and like that whole journey and how uh, uh, how scary that can be too, you know, in the whole process of like just putting yourself out there on this a platform that literally everyone can hear you, you know? Yeah. That alone can be crippling for most people. But... um. As I look back on it, and as we reflect and we talk about it, I think the thing that I realized the most is that you can't control, the only thing you can control is the way that you react to what's happening around you. And so when I, when I came to grips with that, that's when I started to just say, you know what, I'm just going to be in the moment, I'm going to experience every second, and then just navigate in a way that just natural, do what you can with what you have, do the best that you can with what you have, and at the same time just show up. That is like 99% of the game. Just yeah. show up. And 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 don't fault yourself for giving yourself these high expectations that you may feel that you are not meeting for some like wicked, you know, diabolical mind fuck that we're always in because we're always telling ourselves we're not good enough this is not right you should have studied more you should have like deep dived more you should have really spent more time doing this and like doing that it's like the balance of your life and how you navigated that so that you can get to the other end to just be present so when I'm like on on the show and being able to just free flow it's natural you know yeah and to get to this place it took me a few months it, it, because I, I'm so I don't want to say I'm calculated but I'm the type of person that wants to do good yeah you know what I mean yeah I'm the same way and 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 it's not because I want to just uh be like oh look at me I just I have this thing where I like I always want it and it might be part of it might be like the whole imposter syndrome you know how that whole thing that people talk mm-hmm. about I, to an extent, I do have that. Even if I'm at a certain level with Prada and even if I've already proven myself time and time again, that's something that I will always carry with me. You know what I mean? And so I think for me, like just navigating that mental aspect of myself, knowing that it's always going to be there and just like saying to yourself, it's okay. Do what you can and, 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 and just be present and just like go with the flow. And then Nine times out of ten, it's fine. But then you're like you work yourself up in your mind, you know, yeah. with all this anxiety and stuff like that. So, anyways, I've learned that. Um, but to speak to like the the industry itself. So once I got the position to head the entire outlet division visually for Prada, um we quickly went into a pandemic. Like Ugh. it was like literally, I said yes two weeks later we were in a pandemic full on that's so crazy it was nuts like if i if i said n- yes maybe like a week or two weeks after my entire circumstance might have changed
0: yeah thank god
1: yeah so. because
0: maybe you would have been just completely laid off who knows and maybe i don't know well because to yeah. be
1: honest there was no position before me there was no one doing visuals oh wow yeah i am the first
0: wow look at you I know. pioneer <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like the explorer in the fashion sense. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, it could have totally changed. But I count my blessings and thank God. Um, and at the end, really, um, everything worked out the way it should have. Because uh, I ended up thriving. And then not only that, I had to understand to navigate Zoom. Like Zoom wasn't a thing before yeah, the yeah. pandemic. Like, totally. Talking on a mic in front of a laptop. And having, like, 30 people stare back at you, that is scary. It's like
0: public speaking. Yeah. It really is. It's super scary.
1: It's super scary. And then on top of that, I've never met any of these people physically.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a lot to take on. Yeah. Yeah, and now like you even talk about it. Now you can do it in your sleep.
1: I it literally. I'm like on there, like oh my god, let me get some coffee. I'll be back, guys.
0: (laughs) It's so casual now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Does everybody have coffee? Good morning. (laughs) You know, it's like it's the whole thing where it's like now it's nothing. But like you couldn't tell me when they told me, oh, we want you to head this one Zoom meeting. The words were coming out in slow motion. And I literally can hear my heart start <laughs> to accelerate. Yeah. And I was like, "Am I gonna pass out?" Like, you know, they were just saying, "You're gonna do this. This person's gonna do that. Da da da. We're gonna give you this day." And and you know, of course, your, your boss is on the screen. You're staring straight at them. You're like, "Oh yeah, that's perfect. Okay, I got Wednesdays. I got it." Mm hmm. Hang up off of the Zoom, and I was like. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? How do I do this? I, I And
0: you work in visual. So how did that all happen virtually?
1: So we had to basically create these initiatives like through PowerPoints and like create um the ideas of how the floors should look, like inspiration. And then we would couple it with like some retail photos because retail had all the images and stuff like that. But that's uh, so
0: hard because you're probably used to being so tactile. Yeah. And being in the space and touching the mannequins, touching the fabric, touching the collections and mm-hmm. saying, OK, from this, let's build it out X, Y and Z, whatever it is. But like having to do that in a completely different, you know, platform, it, it, that's a completely different like skill set.
1: So I have to say, so the reason why it was we were able to work in that in that capacity is and you're probably going to laugh, but my first assignment for them was to do a fashion movie review
0: okay (laughs) what movie
1: so like during the pandemic because like all the stores closed yeah so then we had like these weekly meetings just to like touch base and see where everybody's at how they're doing emotionally because this everything is so brand new like totally we're, we're all literally like what's happening to the world, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so in order for us to engage the employees, we would create these like, like not events, but like these little tasks. Like get together things? Get together. Yeah. So mine was a, a fashion movie review. Okay. So then I would pick the movie for the week. Oh. <laughs> they would watch the movie.
0: I wish I was a part of this. It was
1: so fun. And then we would pick out the uh, the, uh, the motifs of the fashion brand that was in the movie. And we were obviously doing all the different stylings that Mrs. Prada has done in the past. And like kind of picking them out of the movie and talking about what they are, where they come from. And then even if you could like go further and just name the runway that that specific look or motif that we saw in the movie. Where did that specifically originated from? What runway did that originate from? And that would open up the conversations for us to have these like these deep dive conversations of, of fashion and movies. So that's so cool. It was so cool because at the end of the day, each week I was challenged with how to engage, how to uh motivate them how to still learn from it how to tie it back to Prada and then also how to speak naturally to a group of people you've never met in your entire life and that process led me to be successful
0: and also in the
1: capacity that was in because we couldn't travel we were grounded yeah yeah I think
0: it also you know I think things happen for a reason That, you know, that challenge of you getting comfortable probably led you to the podcast, like led you to be comfortable in this space.
1: I mean, yeah. Now that I think about it, you're right. And it was so funny because like I was I thought I was being so smart. I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell the boss we should like do a fashion movie review. She literally was like, you know, there's something that you need to learn here at, uh, at, at in our division perlito. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? She's like, if you introduce an idea, you need to head it oh and i was like fuck
0: you have to own it
1: why did i just introduce yeah that idea? yeah <laughs> and you're like shit and she's like it's all yours you every wednesday you'll have a movie review day wow yes
0: you're not still doing it are you no because I, I was w- gonna say can i join in i
1: wish you were it the was newest so employee fun. to
0: prada but i'm really not <laughs> i'm a complete um what's it called <laughs> like imposter
1: we totally did like um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, mm. mm-hmm. and then we did like Dior and I, Ralph Simmons. Ooh,
0: love that movie! Yeah,
1: we did so many cool movies. I Ooh, wish... I actually miss it. It was really fun because that would be fun for us to do. Yeah, or we could give movie, movie recs. If any,
0: if any Invisible Thread listeners out there want a list of fashion movies that Perleto and I love, mm-hmm. please let us know. We will DM you. I know, like. I am a big um, documentary fan person. Uh I like love documentaries. And so some of my friends will like text me and go, hey, I want to watch a documentary tonight. What should I watch? You know, we've seen a lot of fashion movies, fashion documentaries. Mm -hmm. We would love to give you kind of our favorites. um, Or like if you have any that you recommend for us to watch.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Because I love watching those type of things too. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and just the inside story of these individuals that you look up as, like, fashion icons and, like, they're known as a specific persona, but, like, they are human beings, too. Do you know Totally, what I mean? totally. They you have learn, a life story, too. Yeah,
0: and kind of getting the perspective of, like, people who worked with them for a bunch of years and kind of, yeah, like... Just learning so much about them from the people who know them best mm-hmm. is really cool to listen to. Because it's not just you're listening to like or reading like a fashion review or like reading a quick little like bio about them. Like you kind of get a really different perspective and a deep dive on people when you're able to watch like a documentary like that. But going back to kind of how it's kind of changed the industry as a whole, too, I think, you know, during the pandemic, there was so much going on with – um People getting on TikTok, people getting on their platforms, yeah. and kind of having strong point of views about certain things in society. And I think um, people are more accepting. and And I think that these fashion brands really had to change. You know, sustainability has really come to the forefront. So many different fashion brands are now saying that they won't use fur. Um, they're transitioning into like a lot of alternative leathers and different fabrics. So I think that's been a really cool shift to see in the last two years. I think also, you know, body accepting different body types and Mm -hmm. seeing different, um, body types, walking runway shows Mm -hmm. has been amazing and great to see. Um, and also, you know, more brands who are making bigger size runs, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. just kind of stopping at like an XL. They're really, you know, we're going to do a triple XL or we're going to do like a full collection that's only plus size um, so that's been great to see and also just inclusivity yeah like Rihanna's on the cover of Vogue I mean she probably would have been before pandemic too but I mean we've been seeing a lot more people of color people of different ethnicities different backgrounds
1: she's pregnant on the cover of Vogue you totally know I mean?
0: like there's yeah. something to be said about representation and what we're seeing on billboards what we're seeing on TV what we're seeing in movies um, across the board I think I think the industry is definitely making a, a shift.
1: hmm Even like representation on the runway, um, Hunter Schafer.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: She closed Prada's runway fall winter '22. So Mugler
0: didn't Mugler also show um, mm-hmm. some some other trans yeah people as well?
1: Or even Balenciaga when they did the whole couture, they had men in whole couture, and that's never been the case. Also, different past, ages. Yeah,
0: I've been seeing a lot of older women, older mm-hmm. men. Balenciaga does that a lot.
1: Same. Really yeah.
0: young, really old, in between, all like.
1: It really is the definition of inclusivity, like age, race, uh, sexuality. gender nonconforming. Gender, yep. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's something that like we've wakened to, like at, after the post-pandemic, the importance of inclusivity and representation, and or at least having the conversation of um has really been opened wide, you know. And maybe it is the pandemic, maybe it's us like being at home thinking, you know, this could this should be better. Why yeah. is it like this? Yeah. You know? Or it's about time. Yeah. So uh they well, you know what they say, like when one door closes, another opens and in this instance the trauma, the traumatic experience of going through the pandemic has really opened a lot of doors and when I say doors, quote unquote, minds um, for us to really dive into these aspects of our life and say, do we accept this? Is this OK? Yeah. You know, and I think the public has spoken like it's not OK. Yeah. you know. Change yeah. needs to be made, even with the whole sustainability and what we talked about with Sonia Um climate change, it's a thing. Sustainability needs to be um, examined. Um, How can we live a healthy life on this planet? You know, all of these are like legit questions that we're all going to have to face sooner or later, hopefully soon.
0: Yeah. I mean, another really crazy shift is, we talked about it with Sonia, was how these consignment platforms like completely boomed. We're just like, skyrocketing during the pandemic and also these online platforms there were so many Mm -hmm. fashion brands who kind of rejected the idea of going full-on online or you know they they thought they didn't need it well during the pandemic guess what if you didn't have online you could not sell your stuff yeah (laughs) so you you had to shift so i think you know that's been also kind of crazy which probably has led us into this metaverse conversation Mm -hmm. is you know you either got online or you were nobody. So everyone had to be. And then now we're kind of accelerating that.
1: Exactly. But
0: I was reading an article yesterday that was talking about how the online retail space completely skyrocketed during the pandemic in 2020, but now it has dropped again. It's in the same level that it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So people are going back to the stores. People mm-hmm. actually want to touch the clothes. They want to try on the clothes. They're sick of probably going to UPS, dropping off those returns, mm-hmm. or I don't know, just the uncertainty of not seeing it, not knowing the actual shape of it on your body. There's a bunch of different factors, but um that's going to be interesting to see also as well, because these brands had to take this time to now shift almost full capacity online. And then now they're seeing that not that many people are, you know, getting onto their sites or buying their stuff online. So they're going to have to shift again and then maybe kind of invest more in brick and mortar again, or like maybe reopen those stores. So I don't know. I think that's like going to be really interesting to see going forward too. like Mm
1: -hmm. how does the
0: fashion industry change now that we've been through this pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, it's like, you know, who knows? I would love to say like this pandemic won't ever happen again. But if that could happen to us two years ago, I almost like anything can happen at this point, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, with the research and like the investment in online and the resellers and the whole whole industry, um, it almost would behoove. The industry to find a fail safe in terms of like the metaverse um, still having that customer experience still having that um, ability to interact with the client and still having that ability to kind of try the clothing on without actually physically being there i think if the industry does bridge that i think the industry will benefit from it going forward because it can create a more Rich experience and a more in-depth experience that doesn't necessarily a- demand us to be there physically, you know. Yeah. Just in case, who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to say I'm like, um, what's the word? When you're like uh, fearful, but you know, we might be literally riddled with anxiety, and who knows what could happen. <laughs> so, you know, just to say, you know, create it. Let's see what that could look like, and then if if need be, you know, keep innovating that aspect of the digital space for fashion. So, I would love to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we still are currently in summer twenty twenty two. What 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 kind of trends are you loving right now, Alexa? Like what what trends do you feel would be really cool for not only you but just like in general, like for the general public? What do you think is gonna like be hot for summer?
0: Okay. Well, you know me, I'm very utilitarian, I'm very minimalistic, <laughs> and I don't wear a lot of color. I really don't. Yeah. But you know what? I'm starting to shift a little, I'm starting to buy little pieces here and there for a fun little pop. Like, I'll do an all-black outfit with, like, I just got this adorable little pouch um, Saint Laurent like tweed little bag Ooh. and so I'll do like an all black look with a little pop of like hot pink oh, I love um it. like I love like a pastel shoe you mm-hmm. know with you could do again like a monochromatic look with like a pop of color in the shoe but I'm also into like a fun suit you mm-hmm. know that's a cool color or uh, you know I'm yes, going to a few weddings <laughs> like I'm going to a few weddings this summer and You know, I'm like, I don't want to wear black. I don't want to wear navy. I'm like, I'm going to do a color. So I got like an orange dress that I'm thinking of wearing for like a rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, I ordered some other really like fun, like poppy, like bright colors. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're going to see a lot of more play with colors. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. I'm excited for that, like, personally. And also, I just think it's fun. It's like, why not, like, express ourselves and, like, with a little tan? Like, mm-hmm. the color always looks good.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm i the same way. I, I just recently bought this, like, it's a women's suit. It's, like, neon fluorescent because I wanted... Wait, should I
0: get the same one? Yes. <laughs> should we match? Because
1: <laughs> I wanted to match these um, Balenciaga neon um, yellow sneakers. And I was like... If that was like the point of reference for me and then i started building on it and uh there's also a balenciaga neon bag what color it's yellow the same i wanted to Is it like a
0: canary yellow or like a highlighter yellow it's yellow. like a
1: highlighter yellow so i literally want the whole outfit to be the same tone from like suit to bag to shoe wait can we
0: get them for you in socks too
1: I have the socks already. Okay, great. Let's do a full <laughs> head to toe. I love that. And, and um, I have like this Prada brooch, but it's like, uh, it came with like, it's a safety pin basically, but it came with these like knitted like hearts. It came in like red and black. I just took the hearts off and just put the safety pin to close the suit. Ooh! Yeah, it's super cool. What about sunglasses? Well, I got these like YSLs um, and it's like oversized, but the top part of it's like super flat. And then the bottom part is just like a normal like sunglasses. It curves around and it has like the mirror reflection. It's simple in its way, but it's like architectural in the shape of it.
0: Ooh, this yeah. look. I mean, what are you going to wear this to? I'm just,
1: I don't know. I just bought it because I loved it. And yeah. I'm like, I need to figure out what, either do a shoot or just say, fuck it, let's go on the roof.
0: Let's do a Let's do a shoot. <laughs> let's do an I mean? invisible Fred shoot. Yeah.
1: So it's there. It's just waiting for us whenever we do this photo shoot or like if an event pops up, so. But
0: yeah, I think the Valentino Pink PP collection too, like really got people excited for spring summer. And mm-hmm. also like, just seeing how good that pink looked and how much uh, hype it got, I think people are really excited about that.
1: Bright colors, bright yeah, colors. It it's could, in. You could do a whole monochromatic, or you can do all black, like you said, and just do a pop color of some sort. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've been watching. Like there's like a Dior like little small little like um, I forget the name of the bag, but it's like bright canary highlighter yellow, whatever. Um, and the Balenciaga has the same thing. I saw. um who else has, like, Valentino? Like, they're all, everybody's coming out with these, like, bright, fluorescent, just fun, almost just, like, dopamine clothing, you know? Yeah. Just, like, excited to wear them. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: makes a statement, and it's fun, but it's also not, like, a pattern. So it's not, like, you're not deviating too much where you're like, wait, who am I? What is this? this is a bohemian? No, mm-hmm. if it's just, like, a monochromatic, but you're still staying within, like, the framework and the patterns of who you are and your mm-hmm. your style aesthetic, then, like, why not play with that? And it's not like deviating so much where it can be like anxiety provoking. I I tell my clients that too, like whenever they want to make like a little bit of a shift, I'm like, let's start slow, see how you feel instead Mm -hmm. of just like, let's throw everything out and like rebrand yourself and rebrand your style because you might, you know, on day three of wearing a bohemian dress, go. Well, you know, maybe I'm not bohemian. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with one or whatever. So I think this is fun to kind of like incorporate in and mm-hmm. kind of see how we're feeling. But well,
1: it could be it could be as easy as because like you can you, you can literally just wear all black like you normally do and just find a, like a, a a footwear or a bag that's like that highlight or neon color, maybe pink, maybe whatever you can actually take that and wear it with different types of outfits too. Totally. It's, it's just more or less it's like an accent piece. You exactly. Know I mean? And you're not really like re, uh, redesigning the mold. You're just like adding in another layer to your outfits. That's different, you know? Wait, I have
0: to show you. I got this um, purse for my client yesterday. It's from Chanel mm. and it's Sequence and it has it's all these different oh colors. Did you see it?
1: I'm loving Sequence right now It too. is.
0: Look at this bag. I have to show you. I'll put it in the show notes. It's a mini like mini flap oh my god and it's gorgeous. really cool it was so hard for me to track down
1: what's the fa- like what is this all sequins oh my god yeah it it's like
0: all sequins it's really really cool
1: it looks like a cake it's so pretty I know doesn't it look like a
0: cake <laughs> it does so that I thought was really fun um but yeah so I would say bright colors super into it for um spring summer I mean Y2K is in like mm-hmm. everyone is loving the Y2K like 90s. the the nineties, the like super um
1: micro mini skirts. Micro
0: minis, but low low jeans. Oh yeah, low rise
1: jeans. Yeah. Very
0: um Julia Fox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like Christina Aguilera, like mm-hmm. back in the day. But I mean, I'm not really like here for it. So <laughs> yeah. it'll be kind of interesting to see you know, it's like showing all over the runway and like I've seen people on TikTok and stuff like talking about it, whatever. But like actually day to day, like seeing people walking down the street, I don't know how many people are going to like feel confident enough to wear like a super micro, micro, micro mini yeah. if you're not like or low, 11 low years old, jeans. you know?
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's a mood. It would be something that I would probably just wear like if I'm really feeling fun and just free. Yeah. You know, it's like. Maybe fine. pride. Yeah. But then even <laughs> then it's like. Oh, my God. You have to, like, not eat for, like, how many weeks? I know. It's, like, it's a lot.
0: It's really a lot.
1: It's an investment. Yeah.
0: So that we've seen, we've been seeing, and then, like, corset kind of dressing. like
1: Oh, yeah. The, what, they call it the Regency core.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. And what we were talking about is that they recently released the theme of the Met Gala. Woo. And it's what the gilded age, Mm -hmm. which again is like tying into that same type of style of dressing that like 18, like 1800s, corset, um, very embellished, um, like Mm pastelly, some florals. Floral. Like pearls. um, Pearls,
1: corset. Yep. All of it. Corset tops, um, feminine, just... Regal. You it's know? very
0: Brock collection.
1: Mm-hmm. Brock
0: collection to me is very. I mean, it's been like this since it, its existence, since it started. It's that modern feel of that eighteen hundred dressing. Mm-hmm. That's uber feminine and just, um yeah, like just beautiful and fun. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna see more of that coming up, and people are loving Bridgerton right now. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like, like blowing up again for the it's second like a season. Hot topic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm, the, the one trend that I do think I will, I really love right now is like that, um, what do we call it? The gender neutral styling with the oversized boots. Like androgyny. Yeah, I really love that because I think that's something that's like anybody can wear. A guy, a girl, whoever, everybody in between. It doesn't matter what it is, you know? Or even like wearing an oversized jacket with like a kind of like a transparent lace top. Guys and girls can wear that. Totally. Why not?
0: I think also post-pandemic, we, I I mean, I've been seeing a lot more women wear baggier pants. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this for a long time because, so I have an older brother and I'm such a shopaholic that even when we would, you know, there'd be certain days we're shopping for me, certain days that my mom and I would be shopping for my brother. Of course, I can't help myself. So I'd find like a <laughs> men's pant that I love, but I'd be like, you know what? I'm still getting it. Yeah. And I'm just going to wear a baggy. And I tip, I wear a lot of baggy clothes. And I've been seeing a lot more celebrities, like Hailey Bieber, she wears a lot of super baggy pants. And just bra kind top. of, yeah, exactly, like a bra top or like um, a really tight tank top, making it more feminine on top. Mm-hmm. I have always loved the play of androgyny. And I think too, which is like, I don't know, people being more accepting of that. And also seeing someone like Harry Styles wear a dress on the cover of Vogue. He mm-hmm. wore, he recently wore like a sequin jumpsuit. So I think people are willing to play more with that, and and I think brands are also making pieces that are um, unisex.
1: Yeah, like genderless, like it doesn't matter. I think uh, that's what I love too, because I don't know, I'm kind of like I don't want to say I'm bored, but I'm I'm uh, in a sense like I I'm always looking for something new, something different, something that's like oh that's kind of a interesting combination. Hopefully, it's for the better. The yeah. passion <laughs> um, <laughs> regrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, at, you know, with the gender list, it's just there's so much more that we could do as males and not feel like we're like being pigeonholed in like this um, idyllic way that men should dress. And then, I love that. And being held to that to the T. Because, you know what? We all have moods. You know what I mean? Like, there's moments where you're like feeling super flirty or like you're feeling like, more masculine that or like you want to wear something lace because it just feels nice on your skin whatever yeah you know what i mean like without apology just wear what you want i think that's what's making you know us coming out of the pandemic so significant because fashion really is our creative outlet and it's our way of like kind of expressing ourselves individualistically but also like giving us a moment to just say, fuck it. I want to fucking wear this. I don't right, care. And I don't care. Yeah. yeah. If you want to wear a skirt and you're a guy, do it. <laughs> totally. Totally. You know what I mean? Like who cares? Yeah. Who cares? So.
0: I love, I always go back to this. I think I mentioned this in maybe one of our episodes, but Bill Cunningham, he said something along the lines of getting dressed is the armor
1: mm-hmm. that, you,
0: that you wear to take on the day. Yeah, And if you're going to feel your best wearing a dress, a skirt, and you're a guy, do it. Do Who it. Who cares if that's going to be your armor for the day. We have enough stress, anxiety, and things thrown at us that
1: mm-hmm.
0: we shouldn't be stressed with what we're wearing. Yeah. We should feel confident It in should that. just
1: be an enhancer, you know? Just yeah. Like- and
0: I think that's why we both love styling so much is that it is a mood, enhan- a mood enhancer and it is that confidence boost. like mm. going into like let's say you're going to like your high school reunion and you're like stressed about it. If you're wearing an amazing outfit, oof, you're going to feel confident.
1: A thousand percent. You know, mm-hmm. like
0: half of it is really just how you feel and how you're expressing yourself outwardly because we can verbally express ourselves, but there's a, it's a nonverbal expression. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I think that's what, if you if you actually look at my Insta, that's what how I describe fashion. Like fashion as a it's a visual language. It's not verbal because yeah. it it's totally true. Like for me, aesthetics, the art of curating, the concept of you know luxury, the idea of style. These are all things that I I love because it it's an expression of sorts without you having to say one word you know i i love that part. same same
0: and i think that the general population who aren't you know fashion fanatics like we are Uh, yeah we might be a little extreme yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're on the extreme side
0: but you know your average joe whatever i think that they even if they don't admit or maybe they don't even psychologically know it they want to express themselves in a certain way but i think that not knowing how to do that in a way that's appropriate and individualistic to themselves and makes sense for themselves. So they don't do it Mm -hmm. and it's too daunting. Mm -hmm. So if there's anyone out there who's an invisible thread listener Mm -hmm. who maybe just bought a recent piece or they're going to an event and they're feeling anxious about what to wear, DM us. D- yes. Like we want to help people. Yeah. In how they're expressing themselves in a personal style mm-hmm. way, yeah. and we understand that that can that's a challenge, and it is a certain skill set. Like we have always had like a good eye, mm-hmm. or you know, we've also had an education of being in fashion and kind of knowing what goes together. Like if you have something that you are going to and you're feeling anxious about it, don't let your clothing add on to that. Let yeah. that. Let that boost you up for that. And Mm -hmm. we want to help you. Yeah,
1: Yeah, totally. I think that's, oh my God, that's great. I I love that because this is the thing. Like, fashion is quite personal. And if there's a piece that you really love, but you're like, oh my God, I'm afraid this is going to end up on the do not wear on the red carpet list. Or like your friends
0: are going to be talking behind your back about it. And even if they do, then they're probably not your true friends. They're probably not your true friends. Yeah. But like, if if you're worried about that, yeah. yeah.
1: Like if you're struggling and you really want to know some options that could work and and it could be quite personalized for you individually because everybody has a different potty type, what have you. Let us be the solution for you. You know, we can help you like walk you through it too. Yeah.
0: And we don't judge. We don't care.
1: No, not at all.
0: Not at all. Like whatever it may be, like we'll help you out with it. So
1: if anything, you'll probably get like a lot of like, yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Work it. Yes.
0: (laughs) We would love that.
1: Not hopefully this is not our last question, but it probably is just to end the podcast for today. If you could pick any guest in the world, it could be someone dead or alive, doesn't matter. Who would that person be and why?
0: Like to have on the podcast? Yes. Do you want to start?
1: <laughs> I, I can, can start. I, I can. can start. I, yeah. Well, mine is pretty easy because if you know me, this makes sense. Um, I mean, all you have to do is just pick up a Vogue article. Like, I would want Rihanna. Oh, <laughs> on. Are you
0: going to say Anna Wintour? <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Well, yeah, her too. Whatever.
0: But she wouldn't be as willing to disclose. Yeah, no. As much info.
1: I think yeah, because she she's also she's also someone that's a part of the industry, and her words could alter it. Do you right, know what I'm right, saying? right. You need like a step removed. <laughs> yeah. Um. But definitely, I would love... It's so funny that we were talking about this in the beginning of the show. Like, if we could be a part of Rihanna's creative process, I, I would love to just see what that's like, see what she's like, She would, see what she likes personally as, as a, an artist. And then to understand the ins and outs of how they got that look. For example, Alia, that look 28 from fall, winter, 22. How did they go from that dress with the fur trim to like um a jumpsuit you know yeah I it sounds so when i just say it out loud it sounds kind of funny but like i personally would love just to be in that space of how they go from dress runway to vote cover yeah you know what i mean
0: but also it's not like just you know picked out you know plucked out and then put on the cover, put on someone. Because a lot of the time that happens too, you go, yep, that look. Mm-hmm. And the celebrity just happens to be, you know, the same model size. They can just put it on the person. This was a complete realtering. It was a re, mm-hmm. it was a revamp.
1: Revamp, revision, re-idea. Right. And, 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 you know, like, it, it, when we look at it, like on the outside, you're like, yeah, they just gave it to her. But, we don't know there could have been like 10 to 15 other options oh yeah do you know what i mean and let's just say those 10 to 15 options wasn't even her let's just say rihanna's like i don't want any of that i love this dress Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah like just going against the grain because like this is how she is is you know you can just tell her aesthetic it's organic it's it's unique and it goes against a lot of Things that's happening right now—that's what makes it stand out so fiercely for me. I just want to see that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I want her on too. So if we can get her,
1: <laughs> that would be great. Rihanna, please. <laughs> She's
0: in the works. I'm kidding. Yeah.
1: We need you on the show. <laughs> yeah, we need you.
0: Um, okay, for me, because we talked about like documentaries, and one of my favorite fashion documentaries of all time is called Iris, and it's about Iris Apfel. Uh,
1: love her.
0: And she's just, like, this the cutest little, like, fashion nugget of all time. Like, she has some of the funniest and best one-liners and quotes of personal style of her life. Um, She's lived such a full life. I think she's 104. Oh, my God. And she's, like, still doing interviews, still, like, going places. And she has such a unique individualistic style to her with, like, You would think, oh, you can't put those patterns together. Or you would think, (laughs) oh, my God, that's way too many necklaces. That's way too many bracelets. But, like, there's something about her. And I think she has this confidence. And I think confidence is everything. Mm -hmm. And she reminds me a lot of my grandmother right now. Oh, wow. Like, a lot. Where, like, my grandma has, like, a similar aesthetic to her in that, like, she loves funky, out there pieces and jewelry and in... And what she wears as well. And like, you would think like, oh my God, that'll never work. And then she puts it on and you're like, oh my God, you know, Mm -hmm. or like you can't wear like all of those bracelets. And she, (laughs) she does. And it like just works. And I I think it's confidence and it's about, about knowing yourself and knowing your personal style. Mm -hmm. Also just hear from her about like how the world and the world in fashion and celebrity and, and all of that has really just shifted over these past, you know, four decades. Mm -hmm. So,
1: I mean, just she's she would probably be like a walking fashion encyclopedia because of her knowledge. And then not only that, it's like she has the one thing that I think a lot of people aspire to get. It's like individual style.
0: This has been so fun.
1: <laughs> always. It's always
0: so fun. And um, we want to tell our listeners – Carolina and I have a really crazy summer coming up. I'm sure you guys do as well. Mm -hmm. The summer is kind of a slower time for us in fashion. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be taking a little bit more time to travel and just kind of recharge a little bit. So Mm -hmm. during um, June, July and August, we will be posting not every Tuesday, but we're going to be doing every other Tuesday Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of give ourselves a little bit of a break. But don't worry, you can still catch us every other Tuesday. We'll Mm -hmm. post, we'll let you know when the new episode is up. And, um,
1: and definitely check out our social medias. Yes, we're on TikTok, (laughs) we're
0: on um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. all of that and um you can check all of that out on our website Mm invisiblethreadpod.com that's where you can find all of our show notes what we're talking about all of our links to everything and um don't forget to dm us on instagram with any styling questions any fashion questions like really everything you can never ask us a stupid question Mm -hmm. we've all been there yep and you know we're we're constantly learning as we go too so
1: exactly and it would be nice to just understand like you guys is like aesthetic and like get to know some of the listeners. So don't be afraid. We're we're just like you. We're like, we're navigating the space at the same rate that you are and we're learning at the same rate. So it's like no question is, is a wrong one. No question is a bad one. No question is a stupid one. So yeah, definitely reach out. That's, yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Well, have a great day, you guys. And we will be back with more episodes.
1: Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Bye.